Welcome to Spotlight on SOMERS. I'm Amanda Bergen, the SOMERS Central School District's Communications Specialist. Today we are talking about a very serious topic that is become, that's become an epidemic uh, across the country. We're talking about vaping. Um, and we have Superintendent Dr. Raymond Blanche with us, and we also brought some experts to talk about it, to talk about what the district is doing, um, and talk about what we're seeing in some of the schools. So we have Nicole Tarr, who is a licensed social worker, and she is the student assistance counselor at Somers High School. And we also have Dr. Dan Cohen, who is with West Med Medical Group, and you've done a lot of um, research with kids that you see and have a really interesting perspective on the vaping epidemic in general. So thanks everybody for being there. Thanks, um, thanks, thanks for being here. Ray, tell me a little bit um, about what you're seeing so far and what the district is doing to combat this epidemic. Sure. Thanks, Amanda. One of the things I would say that is surprising to me how quickly this has come upon schools and families, frankly, and not just Somers, but certainly uh, schools in our area across the state and across the nation. So one of the things that um, has been helpful, and we'll hear a little bit from our support team here today, is that we've got community members as well as staff members and our uh, parents in the community that are coming forth to help us combat this collectively as a community. And, and frankly, we've um, been able to work with our partners in prevention in Somers School District. And so uh, just last year, we were awarded a five-year grant to work as an entire community. How can we help better educate our children, educate our staff, and educate our uh, uh, parents as well as all of our community members. So the education is a huge piece we've been working on over the last uh, you know 24 months or so. And so with that part, um, we've been fortunate having Nicole as well as on board uh, with that part. So she comes in to the district last year and now this year fully as a student assistant counselor. Again, that role about educating our children is a key component. Certainly the idea of when students were are vaping now, you'll see it in our school. You'll see it in all the schools around us and across this country. And um, Dr. Cohen will probably mention some of the, the unbelievable statistics of growth that have just been mind-boggling to me, frankly. Um, one of the things that we're also working on with our students, and then I think Nicole could speak to this as well, is having students lead the conversation. So students are talking to one another. There's an organization, that, a couple of organizations that work specifically on that. Even a new group we started this year about the idea about Tuskers Committed. Tusker is committed to a healthy lifestyle. So really looking at the education side of things and empowering our families and our communities and empowering our children to move out there and say, this is not what we'd expect in our schools and how to support each other. So in the last year or two, um, there were vape detectors put in the high school bathrooms, yes. some of them. Um, there are school monitors who right. are keeping an eye. What are some of the other things that the district has done um, to just keep an eye on the kids. Yeah, so some of that is just being more present, more vigilant and things like that. Uh, the reality is, again, I, I would probably challenge anybody if they went out to a restaurant this Friday or Saturday to really then pay attention, look around that restaurant, either when the way in or way out, movies, whatever it may, you will see not just young children, what I would say at high school, or uh, older folks will be vaping us all around us right now. It's very difficult to pick up. Um, so the biggest piece that we've really looked try, try to do is to educate again our kids before hopefully they even get started. So we've worked in the middle school, we actually had some high school children just last week go to the middle school talking to them about the expectations as you move to school and why we would not be doing this. And then looking at what that could look like, frankly, even in the upper elementary grade levels. And so kids are fully educated. Again, this is a piece that has come across very quickly. This is not the cigarette phenomenon that was in place for decades and decades and decades before you realized what it was. This is literally just, you know, it's a, it's a short car lease, basically, how fast this came upon us, at least as schools go. 
So Nicole, you were really on the ground at the high school. You see a lot of things every day. <laughs> you talk to a lot of students. You brought some things to show and tell today. And I think what's so helpful here is that a lot of parents have probably never seen anything like this and had no idea that these are vaping devices. Can you kind of give us a walkthrough? Absolutely. So some of them um, look a bit like vape devices. Some look like their household products. Um, this would seemingly look like a Apple Watch or any kind of a smartwatch, correct? So there's a small button um, right here on the side. You push that in, you pop it out, and here's your vape device. It does tell the time like any smartwatch would. Doesn't do too much else, but you do vape out of it. So there's um, the oil goes in here, and um, when they inhale, the vapor gets ignited, and it becomes is that a vape one product. of the newer products? This is a, a bit newer of a product. Yeah. Um, we're familiar with Juul. Uh, mm -hmm. These are so these are the jewel pods. Mm -hmm. They now have um, almost what you could call like a generic or a knockoff brand. So when okay. in terms of getting rid of the flavoring, now we're seeing that there are others out there that are compatible for the jewel. So even if Juul has stopped selling flavored, not that they necessarily have, but if mm -hmm. they stop selling flavored cartridges, there are other knockoffs out there that are. Correct. Okay. So that they doesn't necessarily solve the problem. No. Okay. Yep. So they're just kind of other companies are getting smart and gaining off of their loss. Yeah. Um, some of the other products we have, um, this one again would not seemingly look like a vape device. The oil goes in here, mm -hmm. and um, again, when you inhale from it, it becomes no, no buttons are needed. Mm -hmm. It's just, it gets charged. So yeah. that's one that we keep. Um, this one's a bit different. This is a Stig, uh, Mighty Min. Again, we're still on the mints. We're trying to have those banned as well. Um, this is a throwaway. So this one is a use one time and can be tossed. Okay. So it looks a little bit different, a little bit more dis discreet. The name on there could give it away if you're aware, but otherwise it's, it's very small and very light. Um, here we have the smoke. This one is not a throwaway. This one is rechargeable right here on the side. And then you pop this piece out and there goes your oil. So there, there's a lot of different products out there. Um, there's many more even than this. There's mods, uh, they're a bit bigger. You can adjust the, the hit on them, um, the nicotine hit. Uh, people can put e-juice in them, uh, juice with nicotine and also with THC oil. So, you know, there's, there's a bit more than just nicotine or just flavors. There can also be THC oil. You see quite a few kids at the high school who are, who've been either caught vaping mm -hmm. or, or maybe they've come to you for help. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing from them about addiction and why they've started doing this? So at first it was kind of just like they figured they'd try it, it wasn't a big deal. Um, with some, I have been hearing them say that them and or their friends have stopped because of all of the things they've heard in the news, especially over the summer with the deaths and the increasing health risks. Um, others don't see the harm and the dangerous part about that, and I'm sure you can very much attest to this as I say that we don't know what the harm is and we were told when vaping had gotten started, this is a healthier alternative to smoking cigarettes. But when you ask these students, have you been smoking cigarettes? Generally, the answer is no. So I say, we know what the health effects of smoking cigarettes are, right? Like we know all these things, they can rattle them off. I say, but what do we know about the vaping products and what they do? You know, we know that there are some deaths and they cause problems to our lungs. But outside of that, we don't know the long-term health effects of any of them. The e-juice, the flavoring, the nicotine, and the THC, which is 
being taken in much higher concentration than in the past. So Dr. Cohen, what do we know about the health effects? So the devices that uh, Nicole was bringing up, the, there's the overriding term that they call them are ENDS or ENDS, Electronic Nicotine Delivery Systems. These are really ways of getting nicotine into a very vulnerable population. Um, and nicotine, the thing about it to remember is why would a kid do nicotine? You know, when they're growing up, they're taught that cigarettes are bad for them from the time they're three. Ask any four-year-old about a cigarette. Mm -hmm. They can tell you that they would never do it. Your lungs turn black. This. Why would they then go to something that has electronic cigarette in the title? And the reason is nicotine works. Nicotine really is something that stimulates your pleasure center, something called the dopamine response. And it's a very fast-acting release. And then it drops. It is a perfect setup for addiction. And so the health effects that we see in the short term are actually ones that the kids did because it made them feel better. And this is the real danger to understand with all these electronic nicotine delivery systems is that a lot of the vulnerable kids aren't the kids you would think are the vulnerable ones. If you hear about all these children out with anxiety, with ADD, with depression, with stress, I mean, welcome to eighth grade. You know, that's just what it is. They try this with a friend, and it's not the kids you think, it's everybody, and it feels better. And as Nicole said, they all advertise this as a healthier alternative, because they were giving an alternative to people who were smoking cancer sticks, as cigarettes like to be called, and said that this is 95% less cancer-causing than cigarettes were. But I always like to tell a kid, I'm like, you get hit by 5% of a car, you're still gonna die. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that they're safe. Safer is not the same thing. So a lot of the kids that went to try this did just because their friends were doing it and they were flavored. And if you look at a website for the different flavors that are available, especially through the, the black market kind of stuff, it looks like you just walked into a Cinnabon. You know, there's a million different flavors. And so they get something that makes them feel better, that they believe to be healthier, that their father may or mother may be using to help treat an addiction. And you can understand why all these kids did it. And then they get addicted so quickly. And the stuff that I've seen in my practice is I have my, my favorite anecdote. I was on call one night about one o'clock in the morning and I had a mother of a 16 year old who was like an honors student athlete, all this. And she said she had walked upstairs at 1.30 and her son was crying, vomiting and shaking in bed. And the first thing she said to me before she even mentioned that was, can I let him vape one more time? Those were the first words she said on the phone. And everyone kind of gets shocked when I mention that. And I'm like, what? She goes, well, here's the story. I took away his, we found his stuff three days before. And he went into florid withdrawal. And that was only after four months of vaping. And so she's like, well, can I let him do this? Because he seems so sick right now just to get through the night. And so then you go into the, well, what do you do for a teenager who's addicted? And there really aren't tools available to us. It's psychology, it's some psychiatry, patches, gums, all those things really aren't things that have been tested on children and we don't know the effects. So that kid, I actually told the mom like, you know, I've never heard of anyone this age dying of nicotine addiction. And she said, oh, you mean I can let him sit there and suffer? I said, I guess. So she goes, thank you. And she hung up the phone. But I've seen all manner of kids with um, palpitations and respiratory illnesses. And I have one child, I actually, interestingly enough, I just saw him yesterday, uh, a kid who's going to Dartmouth, healthy, healthy kid, who two and a, a year and a half ago about almost died from pneumonia. 
never had had an illness like that in his entire life. And his mother had called me. We were always wondering why he got so sick. And his mother called me just a few months ago. Tell, he goes, tell everybody that was from vaping. And he came in yesterday and admitted it. It was, it was actually a, the vaping he had done at that time was the first time he had tried one of these THC-driven vapes. And I think the danger that we have just to to sidebar is that everyone's now jumping on board that it was the blacklisted, black market devices that are causing these problems. And as Nicole rightly said, we have no idea. In fact, uh, the the podcast The Daily from the New York Times was just yesterday, talked about a 68-year-old man from Nebraska who died from respiratory distress, even though he had been a longtime smoker, he had switched to vaping. And they found a specific finding in his lung that was not consistent with smoking. And this wasn't from one of these marijuana devices or anything like that. It was someone who had just done Juul and some of the other ones. And so we really, really don't know. The vitamin E the cyanide that was in all these things, all these things that people are blaming, there's no idea. And the last numbers were like 1,604 hospitalizations and I think we're into the 30s or 40s with deaths that are being reported. It's a, it's a scary, scary time. So to any of you, what would you say to parents who are scared to death and how do you help parents help their kids with this? I think one of the things that we'll probably find it, um, all of us will say is be involved be educated about for things yes. like the devices. Yes. And you know, Nicole yesterday was part of the team who helped arrange for a presenter to come and speak mm-hmm. about the power of, of nicotine and the power of what that can create this addiction piece in there. And and again, four months, I mean, you know, that's that's unbelievable to me to a spot where it was not doing very well at all. It happens even, you know, faster than that. And I just, again, starting to learn myself that from my understanding is, is that nicotine addiction, especially for children there with your, you know, kind of brain development, not really kind of taking hold to 25, there's some really scary parts with this brain development that's going on now and being nicotine addicted, that, that just is a recipe for disaster. And so I think the involvement is there. You have folks like Nicole right in our school, right in our high school there. You have the counselors that are right there all the time. You have partners of prevention that's there. So there are resources in our school to help and assist you as a parent to learn and how to talk to your children about things. And then certainly medical field as well, too. As a physician, what do you tell your parents? So the, the most important thing for me is I use the example. I mean, you had brought up cigarettes before back in the 30s when they found out they were in the 40s when they found out they were bad, that this is just another pattern. I go, the most important thing for a parent is to realize the kids that did this were not the kids you thought. It was everybody. Don't go in angry. Go in understanding. Like you, if you heard the way a child presents to another child of why they should try this, of course they would do it. It was a healthier alternative. It made them feel better. They were part of their friend group. There's actually a study recently that discussed the fact that it is almost harder to get out of the group of people you do the jeweling and everything with than the actual nicotine itself. I don't completely believe that, but it's that, that's up there. The other lesson to learn from this is how this happened in the first place. Juul is an eight or nine year company. And for the first four years of that, parents didn't even know how to spell the word Juul. Kids knew about it before the parents did. And we're about to fall into the same exact thing again with THC. If parents don't realize the amount of people who if they've Juuled have also done marijuana, it is virtually symmetric. There are very few who haven't because there is a huge push and this isn't about legality or politics of marijuana but there's a huge pit push for legality legality is a tacit acceptance of safety just like alcohol comes out and like oh well we'll keep them at home and they can drink well kids hear that 
and they know. And the number of kids that I see that have used marijuana will boggle the, it'll boggle the mind. It, it's really that many people. And unfortunately right now the way that they're getting it are these mods. And the mods and the carts that they're getting are not being made by a regulated source. And a lot of the kids are sick. I've had at least 10 people, teenagers, come in scared to death that they're going to die because they've been vaping so much and they've heard the news. And they're like, I need an x-ray. I need this. I have one kid who's come in three times. He's completely healthy. But he's scared he's going to die now. So I would say the thing to remember is your three-year-olds know about cigarettes your three-year-old should start to know about vaping and marijuana and the fact that their brains are still developing into their teenage years. Teach them early not to get started because sometimes once you start down that path, it's a difficult one to jump off of. And I think one important piece on top of the, the THC is a lot of, you know, you'll hear some parents say just like at the they can, kids can drink at home. Right. Well, the, I smoked when I, marijuana when I was younger. I'm fine. What we also don't realize is that the concentrate is now up to 80-90% THC, where it was not like that years ago, so even 5-10 years ago. I smoked marijuana, right. I'm fine, wasn't smoking the same stuff that the kids are smoking today. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a big difference. Um, we still don't know actually how that higher concentrate is going to affect them. And, you know, I do ask students, do you know what this could be doing to your body? And most of them, their first answer, which they hear in, in health is, well, my brain is still developing until I'm 25. But all the other health risks, and I say, we also don't know what else it could be doing. But it is so much the social piece. Um, it is the stress piece. And then it's working with stress management. Stress is not going to end outside of high school. And high right. school is hard. I tell them, I say, I'm not telling you it's not. I remember it was difficult. But we had to find other ways to kind of manage our stress and work on that. So at home, it's it's having these conversations, educating yourself, again, coming from that compassionate understanding place, then the attack mode. And, you know, it, there's things out there too. There's powertothaparent.org. That's another uh, website. There's more like this. There's other paraphernalia. It's something to just be aware of what you're looking at and what to look for in your child's room. Um, what other signs, how to speak to them. It's all good, helpful tools and resources. And certainly from New York, you know, the government here really trying to get on top of this and trying to make some changes there. I mean, frankly, um, it's, it's somebody's is purposely attacking our children. You're spending a multi-billion dollar advertising campaign. And like, uh, you know, Dr. Cohen was saying, it's, it smells good. It, it tastes good. I'm told it doesn't. I mean, there's, there's an amazing amount of dollars that are putting in the marketing. I mean, you go back to the smoking, that smelled horrible. Your clothes smell, your fingers turn yellow and all those things. And yet that was still... Uh, incredibly difficult, but now the, the ch our children are being targeted by industry to have them pick up these devices. And then the reality, then you've got kids, if they're not hooked for life, you're talking, they're going to be hooked to nicotine for a long, long time. So it's good to see we're starting making some moves in New York. I know our local town is making some moves as best as they can, so devices will not be sold around our schools, as wide of an envelope they can send. Mm -hmm. Yet, you know, these things can be all, are also being, you know, cross, uh, you know, state borders and delivered right. to the mail the and all kinds of right. stuff like that. So, and so the reality is, I think that having parents be well informed and understanding that this is a serious matter. And I really like the way you described it, Doc. I was, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about my own children. Yeah, we talked to them at a young, young age like that. And so that part about really just understanding from the get-go, it's just not something that's good for you and your health. Mm -hmm. Breathe in nothing but just nice, clean air and you know, move forward with that. So we hope that with some of the things that Nicole's working on, we are continuing to move down to our younger children 
using some of our older kids in our district. The little guys looked up to them as kind of, you know, really good role models, and that's why we want to have them see and be a part of. So parents can do something as well as so can the rest of the community. So again, I would, you know, thank our partners in prevention work as we move forward. We just hosted an event last night. We have a, you know, grant for the next three and a half years. You'll be seeing more and more education coming out from the schools, more and more training opportunities for parents. And so as we move forward, even like today, it provides an opportunity for us to have this conversation. I hope we have many of our community members reach out and see this and say, well, I'd like to learn a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. So well, it's important to have the conversation. That's where it starts. Thank you all for being here today. Thank, Thank you. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.